0: Welcome to another episode of the Grove Podcast. Today we have Doctor mm, Doctor. Mm, that's right, Doctor Mike Powers that's from right. our Harris Campus. I, you know, I forgot about the Doctor. Right, my well, bad. I'm sorry about that. Oh no, well, I appreciate you remembering hey, today. Yeah, tell me tell me about your PhD. Let's talk mm, about that. Well, right
1: not, out of the shoot. It's not a PhD. Well, well, then I take my <laughs> doctor back. <laughs> what is it? Well, it's a Doctor of Ministry. So it's isn't that the same thing? No
0: oh okay okay
1: well what so, is it so it's like a professional doctor like you're going to stay in the ministry you don't you're not going to teach with it. so you study things more to do with ministry in the church and theology and a phd is more like finer points of theology and uh in particular just in the world of theology so that's what we study but yeah, okay. that's my my degrees <laughs> in that um, completed it in 2018 nice from where uh, Southern Seminary. Southern Seminary. Mm. Mm-hmm. That's good. I was not expecting to talk about that. but I know, but there I, it is. I appreciate you clarifying that for me. Clarifying. <laughs> 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 Mike, let's talk about your family. That's right. Uh, my wife, Candy, she's from Oklahoma. Okay, and she is she, came a, out here. she a Sooner. Mm-hmm. Boomer, she is a Sooner, Boomer, graduate, Sooner, graduate uh, from the University of Oklahoma. As really? Well. Mm-hmm. Oh, she you know, you know of, likes Oklahoma. Well, he does, but he didn't graduate from. The University he didn't graduate. Of he graduated from John Brown. John Brown. John Brown. <laughs> John Brown. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, she graduated from University of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. She's a nurse. Is she and, a Chiefs fan? Uh, no, she's a okay. Fan of the University of Oklahoma. Okay, I mean, outside of that, yeah she's a nurse you say she's a nurse okay and uh she came out here went to southeastern seminary where we met oh, and she okay. was going on the mission field and uh, we met there and so she didn't go to the mission field right here right. with me right so yeah okay that's story. so we've been married uh this august will be 15 years 15 years mm-hmm. that's good august what 13th
0: okay that's so, my parents birthday
1: both of them oh wow august 13th so a random fact whether yeah. we want to get into this today i just or not. gave you a random fact so I was born on September the third, nine three, weighed nine pounds three ounces. My wife was born July eleventh, weighed seven pounds eleven ounces. So our birthdays match our birth weights, both of us. What are the odds? You know your birth happened? weight? I only know it because I've always been told that. Oh. That it matched. I weighed the exact same amount that was my birthday. I was born twelve <laughs> seventeen. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing for your mama. Yeah. did right. work out. So. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, we've been married 15 years. We have three kids. My yep. daughter, Lily, who's about to turn 11 next week. Goodness. And uh, my son, Zeke, who's eight. And my daughter, Kate, who's four. Mm. Wow.
0: You know, Zeke, funny story about Zeke. We were at the school one day. Uh, you, your kids go down, go down to uh, the, school, the Christian school at mm-hmm. the Harris campus. And um, Zeke does the, I, I'm telling you, like, you don't I, know. He's, this, he's is telling really, them. this is really yep. for you guys. So Zeke is in the Spanish immersion <laughs> Uh, class and sure. he said something from the stage in Spanish and I had no idea that he could speak so clearly Spanish hmm and I mean it was incredible it was really cool like he is from Central
1: America okay. yeah that's exactly right <clears throat> they do, you know they start early on go to class and yeah. all they speak is Spanish yeah. and he um, was the first class to do it at, at yeah. Edgar Grove uh, but they always. One of the teachers is grew up in is some sort of native speaker, some sort yeah. of Central America, South American sure. country, and so that way you can hear it. I yeah. mean, he has the accent of the country, oftentimes of the teacher mm-hmm. that's teaching him to speak Spanish. So yeah, it's pretty incredible.
0: That's pretty cool. Yeah, because you know you, you hear him speak, and he's just like mm-hmm. regular little Southern draw, and then he and flips it up. clicks. And Those then R's roll, and everything starts, is real nice and yeah, real yeah. crisp.
1: And I had a couple years of Spanish in high school, and I did pretty good through kindergarten, but now. I have no idea what he said. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I bet. I bet. So, tell me where you're from. I'm originally from uh, right north of Greensboro, a little town called Summerfield. Okay. And I grew up there. My parents still live there, live in the same house. Okay. uh, That when I was born. And so, they lived there, went, um, grew up all the way through high school, and then I went to, moved to Raleigh, went to NC State, and uh, (laughs) that's a topic of discussion, I guess, for us both to have, Hmm. since I do believe you like the... Tar Heels. The. Tar Heels.
0: Yeah. I'm a Tar Heels fan. Yeah. So, you're an NC State guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I mean, you've just been in the shadows pretty much. I mean, your whole college career was just in shadows. Well, you know,
1: most of our great times happened in the 70s and 80s. Right, right, right. <laughs> we look back. Yeah, none of us were alive. Yeah, none of us were alive. Well, maybe. Maybe a few were, but maybe not a us. Few. Yeah, right. So, uh, <clears throat> But, yeah, we don't, we're struggling now, but, you yeah. know, we don't have much sympathy for y'all this year either. Well,
0: yeah, we're not doing too well this year. But, but we did beat you guys that time. So this is would. like this is like the worst basketball season in the history of Carolina. I uh, know, but we still managed to beat you guys.
1: Yep, it's true. It's just part of the NC State life. It's just, you just it's know good it's good coming. It's a, uh, it's a good feeling. We're one day when we finally, you know, catch catch our wind. We will. You won't say we're fair weather fans. We yeah, stuck right. through it. Mm. Be a good day. It's coming yeah.
0: <clears throat> next year. <laughs> that's like a t-shirt next that's year right. wait till next year Wolfpack. Mm. next year mm. let's talk about hickory grove you've been here for a long mm, time long time give me your history of hickory grove all the different positions you've held and i mean it sounds like a whole lot but it's a lot so tell
1: us sure so i i got here in 2005 so this august will be 15 years as well okay in fact my wife and i get married 13 days apart we got to hickory grove Uh, And then 13 days later, we got married. Oh, wow. Uh, So it was all at one time. Yeah, okay. Uh, So it was all go together. And uh, did high school ministry for a long time, student ministry. And uh, did that for about 10 years while I was here. And So that was kind of always my, you know, the Lord called me to ministry out of when I was a student in high school. Mm -hmm. And that's where the Lord kind of changed my life. And so that's why I got the burden to see the same thing happen with students. So did that for 10 years. And then you get old, a little gray in a beard. You know, maybe don't relate to students like you did, and so I did adult ministry. Started serving as adult discipleship pastor, but pretty quickly after that, uh, I moved in the role I'm in now as campus pastor at our Harris campus. What is it like being the campus pastor at Harris campus? Man, it's it's great. Yeah, it's wonderful. You know, we got a lot of great people there. Yeah, and you know, one of the thrills I have now is being there 15 years. There's a lot of people from the very beginning that Mm -hmm. I've known. And so now to have been at that campus for so long, yeah. uh really enjoy all the relationships and friendships. It's like home for us. Yeah.
0: That's that's cool. Um give me give me an idea. We didn't talk about this earlier, so I'm kind of putting you on the spot. Great. But give cool. me an idea of what ministry looked like to high school students 15 years ago as maybe compared to now.
1: Man, you know, that's we were kind of still in the era of pizza blasts and Friday yeah. night events and yeah. just kind of where you were trying to draw on as many kids as the The church you possibly could, Mm -hmm. and throw the gospel in the middle of that. Uh, While at the same time, we were starting to look and say, "How can we create a like a deeper discipleship culture?" Really see because that was that was really the time when everybody was seeing this mass exodus of they're saying everybody graduates high school, and all of a sudden this large percentage of. Of uh, kids are no longer going to church, mm-hmm. and so people were saying, "Well, maybe the model of ministry where we we're trying to draw them in—we got them all there, but yeah. they're not staying." Mm-hmm. And so everybody was starting to question, "How is it? Why? What are we doing? Why are we doing it? And how can we make what we do more effective mm-hmm. to reach students?"
0: So, with your current role as campus pastor, what what does that look like? Like more day day to day? Do you feel like it's more like ad, administrative? Like ad, that's a weird word. Administrative? It's just so weird. Yeah. Or,
1: like, it's, it's, a, it's a good word. It's yeah, right, right. You messed yeah. it up. <laughs> or,
0: like, do you feel like you get a lot of the hands on ministry, or do you feel like you're kind of behind the scenes more? Um, seeing as you, you know, with uh, you doing student ministry, you're definitely hands on. Sure. With um, uh, you are teaching, or you're doing median adults, is that right? Or well, I'll young teach adults. some Sunday school classes, okay. but. So that's a know. lot more hands on. Do, do you feel like the campus pastor role is a little bit more behind-the-scenes kind of stuff it can be it's one of
1: those things you get so broad you don't I mean I was used to having like a particular tribe and a group in the church Mm -hmm. that was mine yeah and um, now it's you work with everybody Mm -hmm. and in some ways nobody's really your particular group there's always somebody that you're working with but that's where it helps to have had all the relationships I've had Mm -hmm. over the years because there's so many people that Over the years i've built friendships or discipleship relationship with Mm -hmm. and so those carry through to now and so that's a bit of it and i i enjoy teaching you know pastor's class and um different other venues i might have preaching Mm -hmm. on i preach this past sunday and so those all give me chances to interact with Mm -hmm. people
0: so you've been at hickory grove 15 years you've seen a lot of changes Mm -hmm. a lot of changes yeah so will you walk us through what some of that looks like um you, you were here years before pastor got here mm-hmm. pastor clint mm-hmm. and then now you've been here for several years now after pastor's been here let's talk about some of those differences some of the changes like we've mentioned before pastor and i've mentioned together even actually on this podcast about the whole cruise ship battleship mm-hmm. attractional missional model church or whatever can you walk us through just a little bit of that and um maybe give a couple of highlights of attractional ministry and then a couple of highlights of maybe missional ministry um, just talking through both of them, yeah.
1: um, just to see how the church has kind of changed over the years. Yeah. Well, I think that it has changed with the tractional ministry. You had these larger, just a lot of people here, but not necessarily all of them here for the Lord. They right. m- might be here. And so over time you start to say, well, how do we make more disciples? How do we see this be a more effective um, ministry? And so You could feel that quietly happening as our church was working through that and that's one of the things that pastor clint's done a good job of leading our church to really embrace the disciplines of the faith and and discipleship and theology and the word and all those type things have really helped us sure up the Mm -hmm. uh, church in a more healthy manner and so uh those are a lot of things i saw happen over the years in student ministry and Mm -hmm. so we you know in my years of camp we had these massive year a lot of students around one of the things we got to see i mean those are some of the highlights you got to see Mm -hmm. a lot of people and a lot of people uh making decisions for christ but then over the years some of the highlights i've had is to really see those people grow up in the faith right and um that's one of the joys of being somewhere the long as i've been now is to be able to look back and see the long trajectory of somebody's growth in the faith Mm -hmm. and have been there when they were you know a snot-nosed middle schooler that didn't know where to go. And then now growing up and seeing them serve the Lord and be effective mm-hmm. in ministry. And and uh, so those are some of the joys I've seen, like, yeah. over the years. And then now today to see just so many of our students that genuinely love missions and the gospel. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think we'll take uh, close to a 100, if not over a 100, of our students from both campuses over uh, mission trips this year. Mm-hmm. I mean, that says something about it's where strong. our kids are at. Yeah. And their heart for the Lord mm. and their heart for missions and so that kind of stuff I, I get real excited about mm. to have kind of seen that shift and now see where the health is at. So it's not just necessarily popcorn and parties or pizza right. and parties.
0: it's, it's uh, putting putting some teeth to it right. to their faith and
1: right And that was you know and there was there was a mix of it before yeah um, but the problem is that if the mix was greater on the fun and some of the mm-hmm. other things, Now it's just we've realized that if you attract them with fun, then they're just there for fun. Right. And so we need to attract them with the Lord. They're Mm -hmm. here to meet the Lord and through relationships. Mm -hmm. So anyway, all that to say, it's a much healthier place and seeing uh, that growth. And and that's one of those things that's part of our culture now Mm -hmm. is that 30, 40 years ago, going to church was just something that everybody did. And so it just naturally was built in. Well, now you can't do that anymore. right? Uh, Church isn't something everybody does. In fact, a lot of people the thing to do now is to not go to church Mm -hmm. you know and so to have beliefs that are clear doctrinal lines are fairly unpopular Mm -hmm. now you mentioned um being here for so
0: long you've seen a lot of students come through come come to faith in christ and then grow in their faith and even go on to serve the lord um let's talk about that in a ministry tree kind of way that's a term you brought up before i thought was really cool I I I kind of compared it to Bill, Bill Belichick. 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 Yeah, you'll eventually get it. Patriots, yeah. Patriots uh head coach mm-hmm. who uh he has his coaching tree. Like every NFL team, he is pretty much coached or a a head coach or some sort of coach from almost every team was kind of under his domain for a while. And so you've been here for so long. You've seen a lot of people come through. Let's just talk about just a couple of those people that, you know, have come out of Hickory Grove to go
1: serve in a local church or overseas or something in some capacity. Sure. Well, that's been, I mean, that's one of those things in ministry. I'm just uh, thankful to the Lord that he's allowed me to see it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you invest in people, you don't always get to see the results Mm -hmm. of it. And um, just to name a couple, you just had Aaron Peters on here a couple weeks ago. Aaron didn't grow up at our church, but, you know, he came in as an intern and Mm -hmm. really didn't he was trying to figure out the direction of where he was going to go serve the lord yeah that whole punk band thing uh, that he was in wasn't wasn't going to cut it yeah that's exactly right (laughs) and even like he knew he wanted to serve the lord but he didn't have a lot of direction of exactly where it was going to play out and um, so he ended up, when I left student ministry, he replaced me. And so mm-hmm. I saw him come in as an intern, grow up, learn the ministry, and then replace me. Mm-hmm. And that was a joy to have discipled somebody in yeah. to completely take my spot. Yeah. And then he went off to plant the church. Then we had to say, well, okay, he's going to take his spot. Mm-hmm. And the Lord blessed us with somebody like Jacob Prince. and. Uh Jacob goes all the way back to where I, I knew Jacob in middle school mm-hmm. and saw him grow up and then I was there the night at church. He said I feel called to the ministry mm-hmm. and then now see him take that spot. Mm-hmm. And so And you to,
0: you preached at his ordination service. I did his here. ordination yeah. service That's a really weeks cool. Ago. Yeah.
1: Uh Ben who works there now is one of our interns. And then it kinda goes from there from Taylor Braswell who's serving the church now. Oh Taylor, yeah. Yeah, you love yep. Taylor. And yep. so um just so many different students. We have um, folks that are either prepping to go overseas, like mm-hmm. a Nathan Harrell, or right. um, Elise Nance who's over in Japan right now, mm-hmm. and so we've just got people in so many different places. Yeah. And so uh, that that's been a joy to mine to see from that point, see them grow all up in yeah. Christ, and now to be used for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I've really taken great joy in that.
0: Yeah, that's that's really neat. You know, there was a time when I was uh, teaching uh, young kids how to sing or play guitar or whatever you know, and you know, there's a couple people that are pretty significant nowadays because of my ability to teach them how to play and sing. And so who, are, who are these people? Well, there's one guy. I'm not going to say his name. I reached out to him one time. He dropped a couple albums on iTunes, and he's kind of big. And I reached out to him, and he kind of
1: big-timed me, so I felt kind of bad. Oh, you don't want to say his name? No, I
0: don't want to say his name because it's kind of embarrassing. Oh, because he won't talk to
1: you now? Yeah, <laughs> he won't talk to me. It meant so much to him.
0: I'm, I'm... But you taught him to play guitar? Yeah, I taught him how to play guitar, yeah. That's nice. And then I've got some, some, other, some other students that, you know, it's just neat to see... You know, you raise up some kids, and then uh, you know you teach them how to do, how to lead worship, how to play or sing or whatever, and then they they become active in their local church and stuff like that. It's really neat to see that.
1: It's a cool method of discipleship. fact, that's yeah. how um, I can't sing, so I would never. I can't lead worship, but you know but I do share. I do play you guitar. You Can play guitar. I, I do, and you know I learned it from my youth pastor. Okay. And the person who first invested in my life, he was. Leading in worship, and so I just picked up an old guitar and started mm-hmm. teaching myself on my own. Yeah, and so to your point, I think learning a musical instrument, leading worship, uh, that's a great tool for discipleship. And so you, okay, campus pastor
0: at Harris plays guitar. Campus pastor at Mallard Creek plays piano. Mm-hmm. We should make some sort of like a staff band, you a know, band. like a. Connor can sing though. Let him sing. I'll just have, have you heard Connor sing. Yeah, you stand next to him. You. <laughs> In the same room. In the same room, you know. So Kyler does this thing where, like, when he goes to sing, it's not just like you know hum a tune or whatever. He just busts out in this huge operatic. That's kind what of, I'm saying. It comes from right, and his deep. hands do this, and he kind of.
1: That's what I'm saying. If you're anywhere you know, near him,
0: yeah, you've heard Kyler sing. It's, it's, it's really cool. But he's really good on the piano. Maybe he should play. I've never seen day. him play. I've just heard. He's he's actually really good. Like he'll downplay it, but he's really good. Like he could easily play, you know, like at. Um, like nursing homes and stuff like that <laughs> Definitely
1: nursing you know hours. what i mean I he could easily, easily maybe for
0: the children sometimes there you go
1: so mike you
0: um you can talk to discipleship you can kind of speak towards that over the next few moments because um we well you as a campus pastor but even previous being a, um, being a student pastor you've discipled a lot of people you've seen a lot of people come to faith and grow in their faith and um let's let's talk through kind of what that looks like even pastor mentioned at the beginning of the year, several points that we should, uh, different ways that we can um, deepen our own faith and,
1: and, um, and kind of go that route. Go, t- just talk. Well, I'd say first, yeah. before you're discipling and investing in others, you need to make sure you're walking with the Lord. And so the pastor talked about earlier this year, kind of based off of um, Mathis' book, um, Habits of Grace, mm-hmm. he talked about, you know, hearing God's voice and Reading the Bible, you need to be daily in the Word, mm-hmm. and you know having God's ear that means you're daily praying and talking to the Lord. Uh, he added in there gathering with God's people, so that part of the, your disciplines are a part of the community of believers. And the last one he talked about um, was sharing God's message, in mm-hmm. other words, sharing the gospel. And all those are like disciplines in your life. They're things you build in that are are things you plan to do, and you you commit to do those mm-hmm. in your life. And so those are things. If you if you have that, then when you go to disciple somebody, you have things to to give to walk right. people through That's good. and you can walk through it. So I think that as you look at discipleship, we, we need to make sure we're walking with the Lord before mm-hmm. we try to pass it along. Yeah. Um, so to press that a little bit further, I think then you need to also look at other people and make an intentional effort to invest your life in someone else. I heard mm-hmm. it said one time um, that, you know, one guy hoped he lived his life in a manner so that there would be... Um, at least five people sitting in his funeral not looking at their watch. Uh, wow. And so just to say there's somebody here that's here because you've invested in mm. them and given your life to them. That's and good. You see people like that. You you go to funerals sometimes. You in church now. We see it. And you'll see somebody where there'll be a lot of people show up because they live their life investing in mm. other people. And so I think part of discipleship is not just this kind of basic things. They're giving your life to somebody and really caring about it and walking through with them. But as a part of that, you're trying to see those those disciplines invested in their life. And, you know, that's one of the things, to go back to what we were talking about a minute ago, is that in the midst of our church and seeing health come here, is one of the things that I learned in college was investing my life in people. And Mm so uh, over the years here, that's been part of what I did in student ministry and still do now is to see this growth was intentionally investing myself in people so to see them grow up in in the faith. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that just takes time and energy and effort and – uh, it's really rewarding when it pays off, and you see somebody That's grow. True. It just yeah. means so much to you to yeah. see people grow in the faith. Yeah. So one of the things that I hear often that,
0: that people say is, "Well, you know, I don't, I don't have anyone to disciple, or I, I don't know where I can get into that sort of discipleship relationship." But let's let's talk about let's talk to the parent just at first. I mean, if you sure, if parent. you're a parent, you got kids at home, you can start there. Parents should be discipling their children. Absolutely. I mean, we just came off this Parenthood and the Gospel recently, and we talked about family worship. What, what does your family worship time look like?
1: Well, it's pretty simple. I mean, it, it modeled somewhat after uh, what Donald Whitney talked about that night and is in his book is just reading the Bible mm-hmm. and praying and singing. Um, so there's an intentional time every day. We would get together and do that. If that doesn't work, um, we'll I just make sure I try to pray with my kids every night. Mm-hmm. I try to My wife and I pray every night before we go to bed together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just kind of a like you don't go to bed until we do that. It's right. just it's just one of those things we just built in. Yeah, we said we're gonna make sure we make a point to do that. Mm-hmm. If it's calling each other on the phone or we're out of town or whatever it might be, um, and I would even say that's where you've got to learn to take advantage of other times to have these conversations at a dinner mm-hmm. table. You get home from church on a Sunday. Well, what would you learn about in yeah. in uh, the Sunday school today? Mm-hmm. And then don't just say, "Well, okay, whatever." Like use that as a moment to engage with your child. Right. Uh, we use a lot of times Iwana verses at my house. We're mm-hmm. always learning Iwana verses. I take my kids to school in the morning. We're working on the Iwana verses we ride. Well, that's just a natural time. Mm-hmm. you're memorizing that verse, let's talk about it. You mm-hmm. know, a lot of times they start it.
0: Yeah. Dad,
1: what does this mean? Mm-hmm. And then that's, that's an good. open door uh, to be yeah. able to have a, a conversation about things of the faith. And that's good to make it to where
0: it's not just memorizing Scripture just so they can spit it back out one day, but it's... You want it to rest in their heart. You want you want them to hide, literally hide God's word in their heart.
1: That's right. And sometimes we lose sight of that. You Mm -hmm. know, is that we're memorizing the verse so that it can we can spout spout it back out. But in Mm -hmm. fact, that's not really why we're doing it. We're doing it so that it will impact our heart, that we Mm -hmm. won't sin against the Lord. But ultimately, we're meditating on it, letting it roll around Mm -hmm. and, and change us. Yeah. And that family
0: worship thing, it's um, it's, it's not difficult to do it is i believe hard to maintain and be consistent with mm-hmm. it um there are times you know in in my own home we'll get going we'll kind of sputter out a little bit or we'll do pieces portions of it whatever we we try to do our family worship time around the dinner table and there are seasons where we're i mean we're very consistent and there are seasons where um, we're not and um one of the things that that i try not to do is try not to commit to something that's not reasonable right like for instance you know we're like we're gonna do this every day but we already know like Sunday nights we're at church Wednesday nights we're at church there's two times that we already know we're not gonna be able to be together sure and then there's you know with kids schedules with sports and this that and the other it's difficult to do that around the dinner table and so we have to be intentional to find other times my wife is excellent with being able to, to communicate with our kids like uh, she brings them to school and stuff like that and so she does a really good job with that but that family worship time is it's valuable I would say if you're not doing family worship yeah um, Get involved. Start slowly. Um, I think your children will love it. The singing part gets a little weird. You know, I'm a musician. It's weird for you. I mean, well, if it's weird for me, it's got to be weird for everyone I mean, else, I'm right? You, yeah. Because uh, you know, sometimes I- I'll get the guitar out every now and then, and we'll sing and stuff like that. You know. But um, yeah, I don't know if. just I think it's only weird for like the parents. Yeah, That's my fair. kids. That's fair. My kids <laughs> go. They don't care. Well, now? You, know, you got older kids. My right? kids are getting a little bit older. Yeah, and they're, cool, they're like they're embarrassing, and I'm like, I'm the coolest guy you know. Uh, that's so, exactly right. Sort I of. I tell my kids that all the time. Y- yeah, I mean, it's the truth. Coolest guy you know. It's the truth. That's right.
1: That's good. So, well, it's good, man. It's cool you do that at your house, and particularly yeah. around dinner table. Now, how mm-hmm. do you, do you do you feel like you it ever becomes overwhelming, and you try to have to cut it back and keep it simple? Um, so there were times
0: when I would try to read like morning and evening to my kids. hmm Like Spurge like Spurgeon's morning is devotional. Right. His devotional to my kids. And it's language and they're just like I don't I don't know what what that means dad what does that mean I look at him
1: and go I don't either let's skip this day, <laughs> good, good to the next day. <laughs> whatever.
0: but we use um, we use a, a daily Devo mm-hmm. um, currently we're using um, Experiencing God the daily devotional oh, okay by Henry Blackaby Blackaby um, it's good and it's just every day it gives you a short passage to read and it gives you some information about that passage and it's just, man, it's easy. I read it. Like, I prep. So during the day, I read it. And then when I get home, I'll read the Scripture passage. And then I'll have them, have everyone kind of talk about it and see, you know, try to figure out what it means. Or, hey, what what is what is the Bible saying here? Sometimes we'll pull back and read a little bit more of the Scripture because, you know, right. just taking one sentence out is not necessarily the, the best way to interpret Scripture, right? right so yeah. then there are times even where I'll try to get my uh, my oldest son to explain it to, my little girl, oh man, that's because I want him to be able to you know break it down, break but a personal cool experience, see your down, kids you know? talking about yeah, things, like yeah. That. And so, and then we, um, for us specifically, we do high lows, we talk about hey, what was the best part of your day and what was the worst part of your day, and and how how we can look at that through the lens of the gospel. What what does this what does this mean? This bad part of your day, you got picked on today. Well, what you know, how can we either avoid that or how can you show love to that person or kindness to the person, whatever. So, you know, we. We try to do that, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the whole singing thing is—it's different. It's different. Do you do you sing at your
1: house? To your yeah, kids? but it's usually some kind of. I mean, my kids are still young, and yeah, so yeah. it's something goofy or so fun. So you can take or, a song from like a Wana or VBS. Yeah, or my or wife's kinda. better at leading that. Yeah? she can sing. I can't. So. Yeah, she, she can sing really. She, yeah, she. I mean, oh, yeah,
0: she's good. What? Well, there you go. She
1: puts. She'll love that. I put this out there. This is awesome, Candy. This is for you. <laughs> she puts every Awana song my kids memorize to a tune and records it. Wait, like the verse? Every verse they memorize? Every verse they memorize, she records to a tune. And half the time, her singing it. I don't know how to say all this. You're,
0: her phone's going to get hacked and all that stuff's so, going to
1: come out. Uh, the best part is she'll like pick sometimes she runs out of tunes cuz there are like certain ones get re- repetition. Mm-hmm. So she picks like pop songs. Okay? And they're not always like the most Christian pop song, but sure. they have a tune to them she can pick that's catchy Right. and then she'll just put that verse to it. Wow. Do, do you have an example? Can you give us an example? I'm trying to think of one. I forget where it was. We were somewhere in public and it, some sort of, I forget the song. Like, it was Taylor Swift, bro. It's okay. God well, said. okay. So, like, a Taylor Swift <laughs> comes up. My kids start, like, singing scripture while they hear the song because oh, they, that's, their that's, mind that's goes cool. to the verse that their mom did. Yes. Cool. She has all these, like, so that's all we do when we're in the car, like, just playing. It's like a little playlist. They just yeah. listen to the songs. And that's how they learn it. They have tuned all of them. She should have like a YouTube channel. Well, I've been, been working towards that. Yeah. Uh, saying, well, we should just piece this whole thing together. Man, so everybody... polish that up a little but, bit. You know, should she be... might not be ready to debut all her. She'll have a couple million music. subscribers. <laughs> I'm easy, telling you, without a doubt. I know. So without there's our secret to learning a wana
0: verse. Man, that's good. That's good. So family worship, man. It's um, it's definitely different. It's mm-hmm. definitely uh, but I mean it's good. I, I like what you said about it's only it only seems weird for the parents. it's not it's not weird for the kids. Sure, kids and I, kids enjoy it. I think your point like
1: keep it don't if it, if it becomes overwhelming, mm-hmm. just read a verse of scripture right. Just do something every day really simple. like you were saying if i am trying to do too much, you just you want to quit mm-hmm. and so we just try to do something simple every day yeah. and then that keeps us going. Uh, so we're just interacting with our kids and I think that's part of if you can disciple your kids you can disciple a person yeah if you know how to invest in somebody you know how to invest in your kids you know how to make an intentional conversation where you're taking your spiritual walk pressing somebody helping them through theirs
0: yeah it's the same thing let's let's kind of flip that switch a little bit and talk a little bit about what it looks like for a young adult or maybe a professional who goes to work every day and um, interacts with people how how do you how do you how do you turn that conversation at the water cooler or wherever, wherever you stand, do whatever, how do you turn that conversation to the gospel?
1: Well, I mean, that's definitely different. I think that's a challenge a lot of people have. Sure. Uh, I think a lot of you know, one of the, my favorite books on evangelism is a book by Randy Newman, it's called Questioning Evangelism. And he talks a lot about using questions as you engage people, okay. and um, says Jesus, he uses Jesus as a biblical example, all the time when Jesus is interacting with a person, he's using questions. He will argue with questions, mm-hmm. uh, the rich young ruler says, well, what must I do to have eternal life? Well, Jesus doesn't pull out his outline and his track right, and send him right. five points, he actually responds with a question. And so uh, I think what I've always told people in those conversations, one, ask them a lot of questions uh, about their faith. Mm. I think that will open the door up for eventually they, you're going to talk about where you're at and where, um, and then at that, that point, they know you actually care. Right. Because if you just, uh, one of our dangers is as soon as we see an open spiritual door, and somebody else is half we just begin full lecture mode and people glaze over and they don't hear it (coughs) and i think for us when we engage in that moment we have to genuinely engage the person Mm -hmm. and oftentimes like for example if i ask a person if they believe in god whether they say yes or no now it now it changes how i interact with them right they already believe in god well I deal with that right but if they don't now we have a baseline i have to go at differently Mm -hmm. so I, i think that changes for us as we You're at the water cooler wherever you're at. Ask lots of questions. Care Mm -hmm. about the person. And as those questions come out, you'll find open doors to be Mm -hmm. able to engage with the gospel. You know, something I find
0: really helpful that we do, um, one one of the ways that we try to help people, help our people to um, evangelize is who's your one. Just kind of focusing in on one person. One person that you know is not walking with the Lord. um, And to be able to go and share the gospel and be very intentional with your time with them whether it's going to lunch and spend, just hanging out with them or having them over in your home, um, and then engaging them, um, with the gospel. I, yeah. I think it's um but I, I love what you're saying about the questions. Ask questions, it kinda opens the door to more conversation and uh, and, and it really does show that you care, you know. Instead yeah. of just kind of bombarding them with um, information, you really talk about who they are and, you know, where they've come from and, and those kind of things open the doors for um, for the gospel, which I believe to be spoken and shared. And well,
1: and to your point, identifying one person actually focuses us in on this is a person we're going to put our energy mm-hmm. in and think about how we can share the gospel. We're yeah. going to pray for them. Mm-hmm. And I, it's just like with discipleship, it doesn't happen accidentally. It's an right. intentional relationship right. you create. Right. It's the same thing with evangelism. It's a discipline when you're mm-hmm. sharing the gospel. So when you identify a person and say, I'm going to try to share the gospel with them, mm-hmm. you then begin to intentionally create avenues right to go to lunch with them right spend other times with them mm-hmm. and then that generates i think most times we just miss sharing the gospel just because we're not focused on it right we're not trying yeah and it's,
0: uh, it's certainly in intentional prayers for that person by name that's mm-hmm. yeah it's just neat there's so much um involved in that that's that's good mike i mean i really appreciate you being here today just getting to learn more about you um You've been here a long time, so you've got mm. a lot of history, and you're able to kind of look at things how they were, how they are now, and um, it's just neat to see how the Lord has used you. You are uh, you do a great job preaching. Um, obviously, I'm here at Mallard Creek, so I don't get to be down there um, when you're when you're preaching, but every now and then I'll kind of go back and watch, especially when you say something funny, or
1: that's when most people go back and watch. <laughs> Did he say something? Right. But you do
0: a great job. I appreciate um, it. Thankful for you and for your leadership and. Um, And I know our our pastors down at Harris are as well and our people down there as well. Well, Thank you, Jared. I appreciate you having me. Thank you, Dr. Powers. Ooh, doctor. We'll close it like that. That sounds good. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.